Hello, hello, hello! You're watching Creativity in Focus, a live video podcast where every week we bring a new artist and show their amazing creations. And today is no different, very special guest here with me. But before we get started, a few housekeeping items. So we are live for a reason. We love your interaction. So whenever you feel like sending a comment or asking a question to the artist, just do so on the chat or comment box. Depending on where you're watching, there is a chat or comment box either beside the video or below the video. Use that so I can get here on my tablet and ask the amazing artist. That is a great way. Another thing is whenever you feel like, give us a like, a heart, whatever the social media where you're watching provides, because this helps uh, us being shown to other uh, people out there as well as giving a comment. Even if you say, hey, hi from Texas, that is enough for us to be shown better on social media platforms. Don't forget this is a podcast, so it's content only. You are free to share this in any group, any place that you want. We are not going to be selling anything. It's just to inspire people and get to highlight an artist every week. So you're free to share this as much as you want with no problems connected to that. And because it's a podcast, whatever you're watching, it stays there. That means that you can come back later and rewatch it, or even better, tell your friends to come and watch. I bet they are going to be really inspired by our artists. And our artist today is Michelle Freeman. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, we are going to have a great time together. Michelle told me she's in Texas and they are having a major thunderstorm there, correct? Yes. So in case the image pixelates or you or we lose her, just stand by, she'll come back and we will continue the conversation. Just know that this is live, storms happen and we have to adapt. So Michelle, what about if we start showing some of your creations so they get to know a little bit about what you make? Is that okay? Yes, please. Okay. So let's see the first one. We have a bunny. Yeah, I'm rather fond of my bunnies. This is Benjamin Bunny. I made him for an online show. Um, I love using the woven back to solve fur and I needle face, a needle felt the face uh -huh. and the paw pads. Um, I find with needle felting, I can get more, more shape, more variation, way better than what my sewing ability is. Okay. <laughs> so you, you sew the face and the, and the body and then the, the basic nose, you needle felt. Yes. Very cool. And do you also costume? Uh, do you sew the, the costume as well? I do. I do. I do a lot of costuming. I'm very fond of costuming. Uh, Michelle Lamb taught me some basics. And from there, I just I've, that's all I want to do now. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been making uh, dolls and teddy bears? Mm, I've been a creator my whole life. Uh, in South Africa, you had to learn how to sew and cook. It was compulsory for all girls till they were about 16. Uh -huh. I wanted woodwork, but I had to learn how to cook and sew. And uh, I used to make uh, Muppets, which is why I'm loving watching what you have on Curious Mondo right now. Oh, really? Because I never really knew how to work the foam that well. And I used to use the foam that had a holes in it. Uh-huh. But my mom still has some of my original Muppet creatures. Oh, cool. 
and I must be the only teddy bear artist. I did not own a teddy bear as a child. I got my first bear when I was 16. Really? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I loved the bear, but the only other bear I ever got was a carved wooden teddy bear from my dad on my 21st birthday. Mm -hmm. When I came here and had my daughter, she started talking about wanting toys and being very specific. So mm -hmm. I started uh, sewing toy dogs for her because that is her love. Mm -hmm. Then we discovered the world of teddy bears. I stumbled across a Teddy Bear Times magazine on yes. a trip through London. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> That's a job. Yeah. <laughs> I can make teddy bears all day, right? Yes. I, I was working as an industrial engineer at that point. So it was fun to come home and do something different. True. And uh, engineering still creeps in. That's mm -hmm. the way I think, the way I approach projects. I tend to be very detailed in my note taking. Every animal I make, I write when I made it, what I made it out of. Did I use glass doll eyes? Did I hand paint eyes? And I have a full list going from when I started listing online and doing it professionally in 2012. Uh huh. So I'm still kind of new. People are getting to know me so. <laughs> so let's show them more. Uh, creations. Uh, we have this. It's really an amazing panda. Oh, I love my pandas. I, I don't make too many. His face is needle felted. Uh -huh. It's kind of hard to see because I managed to get pure white wool from living felt so that it blended in with the white of the fur. Uh huh. So that's very yeah. pretty. What about the paws? Do you need to felt the paws as well? Yes. Yes, okay. I do. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. How big is that panda? He's about 14 inches. Okay, a big guy, kind yes, of a big uh, guy. 14, 14 inches, 12 to 14 inches is my standard size. Got it. And this little guy here? He's called I Believe I Can Fly. Uh, he got me an Industry's Choice Toby Award last year. Wow, nice. I was watching my daughter rollerblade, and I was like, wouldn't it be fun if I could do a bear on roller skates? <laughs> uh, my family calls him Hacksaw Polly. Hacksaw Polly. Hacksaw Polly, and on his roller skates and his wings, there's a little logo badge that says Hacksaw Polly. I uh, don't know how he got that name. I think <laughs> because I asked the family to help with the name. <laughs> you, you don't question family suggestions, right? Yeah. He, in the back, he has a, a backpack? He has a, he has a full set of wings. It's a wings. Uh, he has black, the, the bottom is black satin and the top is black organza. Each feather was cut out individually. Okay. I heat sealed it so it wouldn't fray, and then I cut them very length, and then I sewed them together to make a big fluffy set of wings. Very cool, very cool. And they are on a harness, so they can be taken off. I see the ears are the same color as the muzzle. Is it also yes. needle felted? The inside of his ears were felted, but the, the back of the ear is mohair. Very cool, very cool. Uh, we already have some comments. Diane is saying hi from Altoona. Amanda Short, pleased to meet you, Michelle. So Hi. tell me one thing, did you grow up in South Africa? I did. Uh, I, was, I was born there, um, I left in 1998, so I was about 27 when I left. You left. And you left right to the U.S. or stopped yes. in England? Okay. Uh, I was offered a job. I started out in Fort Lauderdale, then moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. And we just fell in love with it here. Um, I was newly married, so I got a new job, got married. And uh -huh. a new country in order all in three months. And did you ever ask your parents why they never gave you a teddy bear? 
No, I didn't. You know, my, my parents always spoiled me. Um, I was into painting. I did a lot of photorealism. So I always had the latest, greatest paint sets and paintbrushes. They spoiled me so much with art equipment and just support. Yes, of course. I never really thought about Now I make bears. And oddly enough, my dad loves to go and tell people that I won this prize or I made this bear. Uh, he doesn't tell me. <laughs> But well, I, I hear from his friends, yes. yes, yes. You mentioned the fact that you were an engineer. And, you know, for a long time, I had the false assumption that creatives, they were all right brain and, you know, total the opposite of being structured. And I think that's maybe because I am like that, so I thought everybody was that. But after I started Curious Mondo, it's amazing the amount of engineers that we have that are amazing artists as well. So it's a perfect combination, actually. Well, I always try and explain to people that when you get into engineering, it's about problem solving. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, especially for me, when I'm trying to a new bear, a new pattern, a lot of it is problem solving. And it's having the discipline to see it through. Yes. I, I get frustrated and, and put something aside and it'll be put aside sometimes for two years. Oh, boy. And then I'll pull it off the shelf and like, I know how to fix this now. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try and fix it. That's good. Yeah, I, I, problem solving is an amazing skill to have and you're, you're right, that's what the engineers do. Now, you mentioned that you saw a teddy bear magazine and you got inspired and yeah. then you decided to try on your own. Did you take any courses? How was the process? I went to, uh, I believe it was Seagulls Crafts. I bought a pattern. Mm -hmm. And I followed the instructions. Thankfully, I bought a good pattern. Good. And my daughter still has that bear. She calls him Freckles because when I trimmed his nose, the fur which was tipped left little freckles. <laughs> and um, then and how, like, oh, how big was it? But, you know, what if I changed this and what if I changed that? And That's good. That's good. So at the beginning, you were not needle felting the faces at all? Mm -mm. No. What, what made you jump to needle felting? I saw some gorgeous bear from a Russian artist and she had these beautiful puffy cheeks and a smile. And then I saw Catherine Halem's work of Katie Ray Bears. And I was like, wow, what if I try needle felting? Mm -hmm. And maybe I can try, because I do sculpt, maybe I could try and bring those two together. And mm -hmm. that's what I did. I approached my needle felting as if I'm using polymer clay to sculpt a creature. I, I build a form out of the wool and then I work it into the surface. Um, I can actually show you here. Wait, where's the camera? There you go. You can actually see there's like rough lines still. Okay. And, and his nose is not quite. Yeah, here, here's a good point. Stay there a little bit. Yeah. So, so the nose I'm is not where you want. Here, I mean, the nose will be a lot smaller. This will be a cat when he's done. Oh. But I build the forms up on the face and then I work them smaller and smaller and then I will blend and I will paint. Um, Tammy, Emerslage, yay, shout out, I'm going to airbrush this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, cool. Yeah, um, I, I've taken a lot of courses with you guys because I have learned so much. Uh, things I never thought I would be interested in. I've watched. I put it on in my studio. I have a big screen television mm -hmm. and I have it on. And while I'm working, I listen. I don't always comment, but I can hear what's happening. And 
today with that Velcro, I am so going to try that tip on one of the small bears I've got where I just can't get the fur out of that seam. <laughs> that Velcro tip was worth the time. It was amazing. It was. Yes. It was. Yeah. It was. And, and watching again how the, the gentleman built up the face forms, mm -hmm. it's very similar to what I do. I just take a little longer because I'm needle felting them. Okay. You know, I have to tell you a secret. You know that I needle felt. Yes. And I love needle felting. And I make teddy bears. But to this point, I haven't been brave enough to try the needle felting on a bear. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> well, why. Maybe, Every, maybe I think about that. it. And then, oh, I don't know if I can do that. And I give it up. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the first one for me was a disaster. I didn't really know what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I was trying to do a realistic bear. And I have realized that because I love cartooning and fantasy and Muppets and that kind of whole genre of things, I'm never going to make a realistic bear. It's yeah. just something happens somewhere in the creative process. And I'm okay with that now. I wasn't to start with, but mm -hmm. I am now. That, that's good. I, I'm, I'm like that too. I don't go for realism that much. I like the fantasy connected to the creation. So I think yes. it's different, different artists, different approaches, correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Jane saying, where do you find your inspiration to create? I love reading. Uh, Beatrix Potter was one of my <laughs> all-time favorites. I did a series of mice dressed in those costumes from the Taylor of Gloucester. Oh, how cool. Uh, Peter Rabbit. Oh, my gosh. That was the first story my parents ever read to me as a kid, and they could never read it enough. <laughs> uh, I love fairy tales. I have books of fairy tales that are extremely rare mm -hmm. uh, from my dad when he grew up. Uh, so the very different fairy tales. When he bought me Hans Christian Andersen or the Brothers Grimm, he bought the original versions. Oh my gosh. Which I probably could now read to my daughter, but there's no way I could do it as a kid when she was little. I think she would have been freaked out at Cinderella <laughs> with them flopping bits off. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fantastic. You know, uh, when I was a kid, we used to live in an apartment in Brazil, high, and every now and then you would go across my mind if the place catches on fire, what do I need to take with me? And it would always be, I had the greens collection. Uh, I had, I don't know the name in, in, in English, but it's uh, Condes of Sager in, in Portuguese. Uh, I would get those and my monkey's long place. <laughs> That's how I would survive a fire. Love to read fables. I think it teaches us so much, so much about dealing with life, right? Yeah. And our own fears. That's very yeah. cool. Uh, Terry Love is saying, so glad you're interviewing another bear artist. Thank you so much. Yes, we want to interview all of them. Thank Kelly, <laughs> what is the biggest and the smallest bear you have created? Hmm, I've just finished my smallest bear. I'm going to stretch over here. This is the smallest guy I've made. Oh, cute. I do not want to do it again. Um, he's for an online show as well. and Is this I all that, uh, felted? Or? Um, he's not actually, his nose is, his nose is felted. Okay. And, and he's going to go, the other thing I like to do, and this is my escape is I like to sculpt Dragons. I made him a little dragon. <laughs> nice. So that will be my set. Um, the biggest one I've made is actually down here. Uh, his ears actually are wired. Oh, so nice. This is, this is my March hair. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's about with ears, three feet tall. Okay. So wow, that's pretty big. How long yeah. did it take you? This guy took me two weeks. Uh, I had a lot of problem with the costuming. Um, and it was the first time I tried a wire armature in the legs mm. to help make him stand, because he is a standing creation. Can we see his feet then? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, they are felted. Oh, look at that. I love the chubbiness there. And, and he's got his specs on, so... Okay. Yeah. And he has an armature and can stand on its own. Yes. And um, I like to put armatures in my larger creation's arms. Uh, the other one I have, I don't know, I think I might have sent a photo. This is a custom piece I have just finished. Ooh. I love steampunk. Uh -huh. um, this guy's arms are fully armatured so that if I want to move his arm out to the side, let me see if I can get that in there, Fantastic. his arm will stay out to the side. Mm -hmm. And I can curve it in as well. <laughs> He's, he, my um, current picture on Facebook is the female uh, Victorian bunny. Uh -huh. And she asked me to make a gentleman to go with. Oh, really? So this is, and he wears shoes. But so so let me see if I understood. The petunia bunny from the, the girl on TV, is that what you're saying? Or you made a petunia bunny? I didn't get that. I, I made a, a, a female bunny like this. Oh, got it. Okay. Dressed as in a Victorian with the bustle and the whole sculpted dress. Uh -huh. And uh, that, that one took a long time. It took me longer to make her outfit than it did to make the bunny. Yes, yes, I bet. Yeah, that's quite complicated. Well, you, you told us that the other bear took you two weeks, and Terry is asking, how long does it take on average for you to complete one of your creations? So what's the average? It depends on the size. Um, one of my little bunnies, like this little guy, this will take me about two days. It's about 12 to 14 hours work. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lucky that my child goes to school very, very early and comes home late. <laughs> so he gives you time? <laughs> well, she's, she's in band. She's a saxophone player. And uh, she likes, she's doing a lot of competitions at the moment. So she likes to practice at school because they have sound boots. Mm. <laughs> so I drop her off at 6.45 and I fetch her at 5 in the afternoon. That's cool. Let's see uh, some more uh, pictures of your creations here. Okay. Can you see that one? Oh, yes. Uh, that was my very first steampunk bear. His oh. name is Fletcher Gray. He got me a industry's choice and public's choice Toby. So he's probably the bear I'm most proud of. Really? I actually he's gorgeous. Did air, I did airbrush him. And oh. I, had, I had some spillover on his cheeks. And everyone was like, cut it off, cut it off. I was like, you know what? I like how it brings warmth to his whole face. And I'm so glad I left it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Again, that is a, never, I don't know if I'm saying this right, to Savelle fur. I That's prefer using fur. it because it doesn't have the, the mega stretch. Mm -hmm. I will work with stretch fur and I line. So I'm basically almost making two bears because I line the fur so it won't stretch. Mm -hmm. I line it with like a cotton. But that to Savelle, it is so soft and silky that when people come by, they just can't stop stroking. They need to hug, right? Yes. <laughs> Yes. And the eyes, are the eyes glass eyes? They are glass doll eyes. I do use a lot of doll eyes. Um, and there's... Oh, look at this. The blue, blue eyes. eyes. Yes. 
And I use a lot of blue eyes, especially in light-colored bears. Uh, my polar bears always have blue eyes. And, and they're big eyes. What size are you using? 20? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah? Wow. I bought wow. some smaller ones because my, I would like to try and make a smaller bear. And I started today where I would like to put the real glass eyes in. When I started with it, I worked with the oval eyes that had the flat back. Mm -hmm. But over time, I've gone to the German hand-blown eyes that are round because I can sculpt a socket, and then I do cut the fur and push the eye in, okay. and I can do it, but it's easier to felt around. It's much easier to work around a round eye than an oval eye. Uh-huh, that, that's a good tip. Kelly is asking, do you sell your teddies? Yes, I do. I have um, a store on Etsy. It is called Eden and Friends. I do you mind spelling teddy. that? Eden is E-D-E-N like the Garden of Eden and friends. My daughter's name is Eden. My business is named for her because it's her fault. I now make bears. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, so Etsy, and can you tell us an idea of prices that you ask for your teddies? Again, it depends on size. My smaller bears are between 200 to 300. My bunnies are about 250 to 300 for the smaller ones. Um, my bears are 350 to 450 on average, but my really big custom pieces, they will run between seven dollars to $800 because of the amount of work in costuming them. Right, right. And do you do shows as well? I do. I love to go to in-person shows, just meeting other artists. Mm -hmm. It's so cool when you look at the latest magazine and you go to the show and the artist is there and you can talk to them. Cool. That was super amazing. And I love meeting people and when someone buys a bear from me, besides the gratification that someone's yes. prepared to do that, uh -huh. uh, finding out somebody likes my work, somebody likes what I do, because I make what I like. Mm -hmm. I don't, mm -hmm. somebody comes to me and says, oh, I want you to make something like this, and I'll be like, oh. So do no. you take commissions or no commissions at all? I've stopped. You stopped, yeah? I on Etsy. The last one I did, a lady wanted a life-size replica of her beagle. I loved making that, but it took me a month, mm -hmm. and I just made the decision. It's not worth the time. It's just it's so much time and effort, and you've got to be spot on. Yes. Because you are replicating something, and every the now and then, at a show, the lady who bought the one bunny and wanted the other bunny, someone like that who is an amazing collector and has supported me since I started selling bears, absolutely. And I will bend over backwards to take a commission and do something mm -hmm. for her that makes her happy. Yeah, but but the level of anxiety is not worth, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I know I it is. I have so many things in my head I want to make, uh -huh. and then somebody else comes with something. It kind of derails my thought process a bit. And yeah, I agree with you. Terry is saying your creations are fantastic. Nanga, Michelle, how do you uh, how do you do the lower jaw? Is that an add-on piece? Yes. Uh I kind of haven't done his lower jaw with me. When I, I will actually sculpt a piece, like when you do a teddy bear and you sew on the little bottom piece, if you make your piece separate, you don't do like Tammy does where she actually cuts into the head. Mm -hmm. I will felt a piece that is shaped like a mouth. And felt is so amazing because I can just sculpt that jaw in and blend it in. Mm -hmm. I do take paper pole and put it on the inside of the mouth just to give it a bit of firmness if the mouth oh, is going to cool. stay open. Uh-huh. 
if I'm going to close the mouth, because this guy, I closed his mouth. If he started out has, having an open, mm -hmm. but I closed it. So he still has, he has a lip. Um, then I won't put the paper pole in. But if it's going to be open with teeth, then yes. I, mm -hmm. I do. Sometimes Mod Podge, they have a fabric stiffener that works great with felt. Uh -huh. Really good on the noses if you want to firm up a nose. That's fun. That's very fun. Amanda Short, yes, absolutely gorgeous. Con wow, congrats on your prizes. Well deserved. Georgina, do you make or sew your clothes yourself or do you buy them? Do you create your own patterns? I create my own patterns uh, to some extent. Having a daughter and uh, American Girl doll, I used to buy a lot of patterns and make the clothes for her because I was not going to pay those prices. Mm -hmm. And I realized at one point that if I made the armholes a little bigger and I worked the back of the pattern so that it fitted the fat body, I could use some of those patterns on bears. Okay. And my aunt is a dressmaker, so I did take classes from her. She made my wedding dress for me, so I know she's wow. a meticulous worker. And <laughs> she taught me how to do uh, basic dressmaking. Um, yes, I do make my own costumes. I, I'm happier that way because then I can exactly dictate my fabrics. Mm -hmm. So how is your production of bears? How many bears do you make in a year? I try and make about three a month. Wow, nice. Uh, I'm a band mom, so sometimes that gets in the way. Uh -huh. Uh, I, always, I always tell people, I'm a wife and a mom first, a bear maker second. My daughter is the reason I stopped working as an engineer and started making bears. And if she needs me, I drop everything and run. Mm -hmm. that, that was the agreement. Um, my husband would love it if I went back to work as an engineer. <laughs> he is incredibly supportive. Uh -huh. And I'm very grateful because for me, some days I get the kid to school, I do my morning run. Mm -hmm. I'm up into the studio and I'm in fantasy playland and mm -hmm. <laughs> <coughs> I don't know too many people who have that kind of job. Yeah. <laughs> Best morning commute ever, a flight of stairs. Uh -huh. Let's see some more pictures of your work. <coughs> that, we showed that one. That's the fluffy that everybody wants to hug. Let's see <laughs> if we have another one. Oh, ooh. What is he, a detective? Sherlock Holmes bear. <laughs> I, I made one for my dad because my dad has incredibly bright blue eyes and he really wanted a bear, which surprised me, but he saw Sherlock Holmes as I had finished making it and he have to have it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I had a customer who wanted it as well. So um, I had to make another one. Oh. Even if I make the same creature or the same bear, same patterns, same fabric, I find that they don't turn out the same. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can kind of get the same is the four pads, but the, because I use handmade glass eyes, the blue might not be the same, they might not be yes. the same shape. And when you're felting, it's even with molds, it's very difficult to replicate the same thing. True. But um, Sherlock Holmes is one of my favorite characters. Uh -huh. My mom is a criminologist, so I always Ooh. used to tease her that she would come home with this tired, grizzled old face sometimes. And <laughs> <laughs> so not, nothing better than look at a Sherlock Holmes teddy bear, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bags under the eyes, yep. Oh, Simon. 
Um, his hat has a propeller on, which was very hard to photograph. Mm -hmm. Again, this is it's a subtle fur. Uh, it was the, the mink fur, which you can't get anymore. Oh. Uh, his face, I don't know if I sent you any of the bears, where I started refelting onto the face. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have that smooth finish anymore, like Simon has. Um, he has taxidermy eyes, which are also a lot of fun to use. Okay. Uh, they don't have, you can't sew them in. Um, you can glue them. I do glue a lot of the eyes to keep them in place till I have felt around them. But uh, with him, I am itching to refer the face, as I call it. I will take uh, short pieces of wool and I will felt them in mm -hmm. and then brush them and trim them so it actually looks like a felted bear with a fuzzy muzzle. How often do you use taxidermy eyes? Hmm. Um, I got some as a gift. Okay. I would probably say maybe four bears a year. And it mm -hmm. tends to be something where with Simon, the eyes that I had with originally for him just weren't working. Mm -hmm. And when I tried the taxidermy eyes, they looked great. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is sometimes you just have to accept that something isn't going to work the way your brain wants it to work. Don't be scared to try something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have taken bears where I have actually gone and sliced off the whole face after it's been fully felted and redone it. Oh, really? <laughs> um, that's what I love about felt. It is so forgiving. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, I, for a long time, resisted going to a taxidermy shop. I'm not into hunting and I didn't want to go, no. but I went. And it was a fantastic experience. And I got so many eyes of all types of animals that you can think they're, they're extremely well done. They are. They are. And, and I love how when the bear is in light, they almost reflect the, the light as, as a real eye would. And mm -hmm. to me, that is part of the attraction of using them. Yes, yes. That's great. It's the first time I see an artist talking about taxidermy. I, I, well, not the first artist. I, I have a group of wood carvers that I go to, and that's quite common. They do you t buy them to make ducks and other animals. But yeah. with teddy bear, it's the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Terry is saying, do you ever find it hard to part with the bear? Yeah. I, yeah. I have a few that I've gotten so attached to that they're actually now in our little permanent collection downstairs. Uh-huh. The first bear I made ever that won an award, um, that they wanted to keep it. It was in London. And I said, no, please send him back. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I still have him. He's a pirate. Uh -huh. I have made another one similar since then. But that bear was so special to me because it was the very, very first bear I felt it. Mm -hmm. I was terribly nervous about how it was going to be received. And a friend said it's an in the fur competition. So wow. send it out, and I'll make sure it's looked after, and let's see what happens. That's cool. So. How big is your collection? No, it's not that big, but it's growing. It's, it's growing. growing. <laughs> um, I have about 20 bears. Wow. I, I do tend to collect more traditional bears. I don't make them. Uh -huh. uh, but I love um, Alan Sue of Teddy Bear Barns. I have a few of his. I absolutely love his style. His bears are traditional in shape, but not traditional in color. Uh -huh. I have a blue bear, I have a lavender bear, um, I was eyeing out a pink bear that he has. Um, I would love to, if I can fight people off Tammy's tables, get one of her bears. Mm -hmm. uh, wow, 
My biggest problem going to a TV show is I spend the money as fast as I make it. <laughs> uh, there's just so much creativity. And when you know what goes into making those beers and mm -hmm. the quality and, the, and the, the creativity astounds me. Yes, yes. The last year, I, was, I think it was last year, there was a challenge at the Philadelphia show where a pattern was sent to the artists and you made the bear from the pattern mm -hmm. and you finished it how you would normally do one of your bears. Not one of the 40 bears that were on that table looked the same. 40 bears, all Not different. Not one, completely. Nice. Completely. In nice. fact, it was hard to believe they were from the same pattern. Uh-huh. That's great. That's amazing. Lucy, how do you come up with the themes for your creations? Well, I watch a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. uh, I will see an outfit that'll be like, wow, what would I, I would like to make that. Mm -hmm. I'm very fond, as I said, of Beatrix Potter. So I have a badger and a fox in the works, uh, Mr. Todd. So he will be wearing a hunting jacket. Um, stories. Most of my creations have a story behind them, which is why they are dressed how they are dressed. Mm -hmm. uh, I watch a lot of cartoons. I love Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's from things that happen around me. Sometimes I might meet a very interesting person while I'm out walking or running in the park. Mm -hmm. And I kind of picture what they would be like as a teddy bear. Uh -huh. Or what kind of animal would they be? And I use that as a challenge sometimes uh -huh. to make make a bear like Sherlock Holmes he was made after um, my mom came home after a particularly grisly case and she looked so tired and beaten down and I was like I have to make a bear that looks like that oh that's fun that's fun that's very cool tell me today who are the teddy bear buyers most of my collectors are my age or older um, I have an even mix of men and women mm-hmm uh i don't see a lot of very young people at shows uh by young i'm saying 18 to 25. Mm -hmm. um this is mostly gray so i would love it if i could find a way to tap into younger people to get them interested in collecting mm -hmm. most of the time at the shows i would say the age ranges from what i see are 30 years and up and sometimes they'll bring their children mm -hmm. I used to go to schools to show the kids at school what I made and how I made it, trying to introduce them to the idea of being an artist for a living and doing something different, mm -hmm. but to educate parents as well of what is out there. Yes. But, but to me, most of the collectors I see, they're not young people. And yeah, I would say even splits on men and women who buy from me. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Do you see a solution for this gap? I'm trying to find one. And the only thing that I do, and I know it's created some uh, consternation with football parents, but I am trying to get into the high schools to do talks about being an artist because they mm -hmm. do have career days. Uh, I do have a business degree. Um, yeah. I've never stopped studying. I've never stopped learning. Again, something I caught from my parents. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one in my family who does not have a master's degree. And um, I think if we can get kids at high school level and get them maybe learning to sew, mm -hmm. because I know here in Texas, there are some of the middle schools and high schools that are talking about bringing home economics back. 
Oh, really? They don't want to call it that, uh -huh. but they want, because to me, it's a life skill. Knowing how to sew something is a life skill. And I have had some interest from uh, one of the school districts mm -hmm. about teaching a class. And it's like, well, let's make something fun. Let's make a simple teddy bear. Uh -huh. And we can put buttons on as joints so they know how to sew a button. Mm -hmm. And trying to work it into a curriculum where they will leave with something that they own, that they are proud of, but they also have learned how to do hand stitching, machine stitching, cutting, and some stuff like that. And mm -hmm. That me, is true. The only thing I can think of is finding a way to reach them. It's probably one of the reasons why I make steampunk bears, mm -hmm. because I do have a younger collector base that looks at the bears. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, Facebook is good. Facebook is good. Mm -hmm. I, I think you're right. That, that would be the right venue to go. I was actually uh, reading an article about the craft market and how the retail spaces are going out of business in a very fast pace. And the author was saying that the real reason is they are not ready uh, to adapt to how the younger generation wants to make things. So they rather have false assumptions that they don't create or they don't want to learn uh, instead of trying to adapt. And actually, the only, it looks like, oops, something is ringing here. Just a second. <laughs> uh, Actually, the only uh, chain that is really focusing on changing that is Joanne's. And they are creating a space called the Maker Space, where yes. they're going to put machines and people that want to go there, they go and use the machines or, or ask for advice or even take a class in that process. So they were thinking not only we let them allow to go to the creation process, we have to think, oh, maybe they are young so they cannot have this machine or that machine. So we will have that for them and yeah. allow them to create whatever they want out of that space. And I think that's I, I very think, smart. I think that's a great idea. And I think also uh, looking at the computer games everybody plays, if we could take some of those creations or that yes. kind of animal and teach them how to make something like that. I'm a yes. big fan of Pokemon. I love Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And I've made a couple of dragons along that line. And uh, that has got a lot of interest from younger people because you made that. How did you make it? Yes. But yes. just, you know, I have a very unusual child. She has a cell phone and it's purely to text me on mom, I finished early or mom, I'm going to be late. Uh -huh. I, think, I think her usage is five minutes a week. Um, she does not own an iPad. She mm -hmm. does not play computer games. Her best thing in the world is to go and have tea with her grandparents <laughs> or jump on her trampoline or build an obstacle course. Mm -hmm. So she, she's very different. She's very creative. Yeah. She needle felts. She sculpts with me. Mm -hmm. uh, she does not like sewing machines. But just trying to get that younger generation to realize that there's something more than just sitting down behind a TV and watching television. Mm -hmm. Um, I see way too many kids that are not active. And I remember yeah. when we were kids, they, we had no television. Yeah, yeah you, you, you had to make use of your imagination and you didn't have everything in front of you. Today we have this overload of information all the time. Yes. And we think that's good and it is up to a point, but we have to be able to balance that. Yes, right. yeah, I think so. Let's see, I think we have a few more pictures to show. Or have we gone through all of them? Let's see. 
And I want later for you to show you the mouse you have on your table. Uh, oh, yes. we have a very colorful one. Oh, yes, my Day of the Dead Bear. That, that was a, a challenge. It was for the Philadelphia show. It was a challenge bear. He's made out of denim. So I actually oh. needle felted some of that, and some of it is hand painted on. His face is needle felted. The whole head is needle felted. Wow. And um, I've always loved sugar skulls. Mm -hmm. uh, my sister-in-law is Mexican, so she spoke to me a lot about the colors and the marigolds and the significance. Yes. And uh, it was a totally different material for me. Uh, I do paint. It's one of my hobbies. Uh, so, so bringing the two together was a, a first for me. And it, <laughs> it took a long time. A lot of patience and waiting for the paint to dry. I'm, oh. not, I'm not good at patience on that. <laughs> what type of paint have you used on that bear? It's acrylic paint. Acrylic, okay. Very cool. But I, I did pre-treat the denim with uh, gesso so that the paint would be, especially on the black, the paint would be smooth and it wouldn't mm -hmm. disappear. Very cool. Is there an, oh, there. Oh, that's another one of my bunnies. Um, <laughs> uh, Emma's actually, the, the collar that she was wearing um, is glass pearls and they're sewn into a ribbon and it's oh. meant to be a bracelet. But uh -huh. it looked so good on her that I thought, well, just, <laughs> why not? Keep trying, yeah. Because I, I have a, I have a pink one where I've done something similar on the collar. Oh, do you have uh, right there? Yes, I do. Let, let's show. Oh, let me get into the camera. And um, she has a plain pink Michael's five dollar bracelet. Uh huh. And then I made a ribbon in turquoise because her eyes, it's kind of hard to see in the light, but her eyes are blue. Uh-huh. And these are hand-painted glass eyes. Michelle Lamb, again, taught me how to do hand-painted oh. glass eyes. And you Fantastic. can see she's also got the... Puppy. And the paws. Very yes. cool. And uh, I do the hands as well. Uh-huh. Very cool. And we have, uh, I think it's a black bear or a dark brown here. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Miles Bunny. Um, he's actually missing his uh, goggles. Uh, the person who bought him, bought him because he said this bunny looks like he belongs on a motorbike. Uh. And he was a big motorbike enthusiast. So um, that is a, one of the new Shannon furs. Uh, it's stretchy. So the whole inside of that bunny is lined with a cotton muslin mm. so that I don't lose the shape. Because as, as been said before, when you have very stretchy fabric, if you stuff, because I stuff very, very hard, my, okay. my heads are really firm. And I do that because I want to felt onto them. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a stretchy fabric, you will lose the shape very quickly. And to do that, you, you cut the muslin and sew into the fur or you glue or how, how is it? When I'm needle felting a head, I actually use a, a type of stuffing. It's a morning glory, mm -hmm. and it's very coarse. It's not the smooth silky. And I will put in as much as I can. I will temporarily stitch the next shot so it stays in. You can actually felt that stuffing. Mm -hmm. So when I am working with the wool on the face, on the muzzle to build the muzzle up, I'm felting straight onto the face. I do create a little bit of a muzzle, so I know more or less from my head where I want the nose to be. And I will build up in layers until mm -hmm. I'm happy with the, the amount of the puffy cheeks and the chin. Uh, I like to use um, wool bat. It's a merino blend sold by Living Felt. 
-hmm. it's coarser than the very fine roving that a lot of people like to use it felt quicker it felt neater it takes color beautifully yeah. and it will felt to the morning glory stuffing so i don't have to worry about the face coming off uh-huh that's good and this is our last one now this is one of my very early early ones she has a needle felted nose um, but her paw pads are not felted and she still has a polymer. No, that was an epoxy. Mm -hmm. um, I started using epoxy resin to make noses. She's one of the very first bunnies I made. And then I decided that it would be more fun to go more realistic and do the, the more triangular nose that was felted. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my very first bunnies. I, I don't, I made three of those and that's it. They aren't anymore. Now they are with the little triangular felted nose. Yeah. Uh -huh. Terry is asking, you, you, you mentioned you have an Etsy store. Can you talk a little about the pros and cons of running an online store? I'm loyal to Etsy because when I started out, they were really good. They were promoting and mm -hmm. I'm very loyal. If you treat me well, I will stay there. But I am starting to notice there is, to me, a lot of nickel and diming now. Mm -hmm. They put up um, their fees on what they take when you have a sale. They um, charge fees on the shipping now as well. And on the last order I had, it hit me really hard because I didn't realize that the 5% fees they were now taking was going to come off the shipping as well. So mm -hmm. it's now off the total amount where it didn't used to be. The nice thing about having an Etsy store is I can say to somebody, I'm here and they know it's a reliable website. Um, they know that they're buying from me in somewhere that is safe. Mm -hmm. I am not technologically advanced enough to run my own website. I, I don't have a wish to do that. I know okay. my strengths and having my own website and maintaining it. Mm -mm. Uh, also, Etsy collects, if I sell in England or Europe, which I do quite a lot, Etsy will collect that VAT for me and they will pay it. I don't have to worry about that. Good. And now with some sales tax online, um, internet sales being taxed, they handle all of that for True. me. Mm -hmm. uh, when I go to an in-person show, I am responsible for collecting that sales and use tax, declaring it and paying it. Mm -hmm. And Etsy does that for me. So it is quite a big relief to have yeah. that burden off. Um, the downside is Etsy's gotten very crowded. I type in my business name and sometimes I can't even find myself. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's frustrating. You feel like you're lost in the shuffle. It was the same reason I stopped selling on Bearpile. I uh, just got lost in the shuffle. Unless you're listing something every day, which I can't. I am not prolific enough. <laughs> there is, you just get lost. Yeah. And it's hard as an artist sometimes because, and that is my challenge, is publicity. Uh -huh. Trying to make sure that I post on Facebook at least once a week what I'm working on or what I have finished. Um, keeping in touch with people. I work very much in isolation here. I, I don't know anybody else around me who does what I do. So I'm the crazy artist on the block. People are... <laughs> you are? <laughs> I think they're used to it now. Um, you know, besides being obviously from a different country, I love to wear bright colors. I have no shame about speaking my mind. I put both feet down my throat very firmly on good occasions. Mm -hmm. But it's trying to maintain a presence is probably the hardest thing as an artist. Yeah. 
keeping yeah, the, mar the marketing piece, there. many people don't, don't enjoy that, but it's a very necessary part of it is. being a professional, right? You, you have to, to learn. And it is a tough question, actually. You mentioned actually, if you want a good answer on how to be um, really present as an artist, have a look at yes. Wayne Lim of Wayne Bears. He is amazing. He's oh, absolutely yeah? amazing. He's always on there about what is happening. He posts every day about what he's made or the yeah. people around him are making. And he is just an amazing artist and an amazing friend. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I'm and, looking forward and to Sometimes this is more important than the platform that you're using to sell, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You said you, you don't want to try the personal website and there is a lot of work involved into having one. Then the other side, you go to somebody else's sandbox, the rules are theirs, they yeah. change it all the time. Yeah. And I know at, at the end of the year, there was a massive exodus from Etsy because of the changes they made, right? Because people yeah. are very angry with that. But then you have the option, go have your own, but then you have to pay for the traffic somehow. So it's a difficult decision. Uh, and that's, that's one reason many artists rely on social platforms just to try to promote and sell, which is good up to a point because it's somebody else's sandbox as well. So they do change the, the rules every time. So it's, you, have, you have to see what could work for you. And sometimes something like Shopify that is really a, a, an easy way of having a website can work, but you have to take care of taxes. And with this new trend of you having to pay taxes for every CD that your buyers buy, that's an accounting nightmare in itself. We know it because is. we leave that. <laughs> it is, and, and yeah. as, an, as somebody who's been on both sides, um, it, it is tough because I want to spend my time making. Yes. And I don't want to spend it doing um, admin. Um, I already do a fair amount. I have a spreadsheet where I will enter in everything that I use on a bear and what I paid for it, and mm -hmm. that is how I work out my prices. Uh, very meticulous on it. When my husband does my taxes for me at the end of the year, I can break down per bear, what is the cost of goods sold, um, I, what was my labor. I think the only thing I didn't work out this year was uh, what were my, my flights for all my uh, shows, what was mm -hmm. the total amount that I spent on flights, which kind of shocked me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's very cool. But, yeah, you can't be an artist and be successful without being a business person as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you have to wear both hats. And the marketing hat I'm very uncomfortable wearing. It is probably, to me, the most difficult aspect mm -hmm. of what I do. Yeah. But it's a process. You will get comfortable as you go, right? <laughs> yes, you do. You do. And, and having uh, other friends. Uh, Facebook has been great there, too, because I can reach out to other artists and ask for help. Mm -hmm. True. And fa Facebook has been uh, the best way to reach me. I have two pages. I have both a Michelle Freeman and I have Eden and Friends. Mm -hmm. And I will find that I will post in Eden and Friends about a show that I'm doing, and I will post in Michelle Freeman. The mm -hmm. Michelle Freeman one is available immediately, but it can take to two to three days before the Eden and Friends one will show up in a feed. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it, it's, it's tough. <laughs> now, what's next for you? Well, this year I want to start, I have actually started making more different creatures. She's very hard to photograph. I have oh, a little mold. <laughs> I'll take her hat and glasses off, and you can see uh -huh. a little mold. And very yeah, cool. I, I, I dress them and put shoes on her so she can stand. 
um, hoping to make different creatures. For me, a way that um, I sort of relax and, and find another, if bears sometimes I will get frustrated. Mm -hmm. So I'll either go for a run or a walk. Um, Keller is beautiful. We're known for an amount of trees and we have 26 miles of pathway. So mm -hmm. I, I can go walk in the forests, forested areas in the park. My biggest worry is if I go too early in the morning that there is a mountain lion there and I do need to be careful. <laughs> that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I don't think I can outrun it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's so much to see and uh, I needle pelted birds for a while. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I do, I do little creatures like my little mermaid mouse. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. Mermaid mouse. And she has a little fin. Very cool. You know, and I, I try to do something different, and I would like to make different animals this year. I'm really wanting to do a series of woodland creatures. Mm -hmm. For some unknown reason, a fox and a llama are the two things on my head that I really just want to make. Oh, yeah. So, a fox is a must. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. And I, I think really that cool. for me is, is I want to do more than just bears. Mm -hmm. Needle felting gives me the opportunity to, to sculpt. Yes. And it, it is sculpting in wool for me. And, um, you know, I follow Living Felt as well. They have been very good to me. Uh, yeah, they're very nice. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they'll send me samples of new wool and new stuff. And it's like, oh, what if I made a clown bear? Yes. Lister <laughs> locks are so curly and colorful. I could give him a wig. Uh -huh. And the inspirations, I, I do miss my daughter's input. Uh, we used to walk to school and talk a lot about what I was making. Mm -hmm. She now, the saxophone weighs a ton and she has to walk further. So it would be a five mile walk to school. So mm -hmm. now we take the car. Yeah. But um, yeah, and I'm also trying, here's another one of my new bears. I'm trying to go back to, um, she's still got needle felting on it. I'm never going to get away from that. Oh, how cute. But I'm working. Um, she has just got trimmed cheeks. It's not felted. Her nose mm -hmm. is felted and around her eyes are felted. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying to go back to more traditional bears as well because my goal this year is to learn how to do needle sculpting. Mm. I've always struggled with that. And I'm hoping to do some classes this year in Philadelphia on that. And having Tammy Eberslauge's we're making classes, both of them. I have learned so much about what to do. So, uh -huh. yeah, Curious Mondo plays a big role in my life. And, and, <laughs> and you're going to be here in June, right? Yes, I'm so looking forward to it. <laughs> what are we going to be creating when you're here? We're going to be making one of my bunnies. Okay. Um, I'm going to put this one here. Mm. I'm going to teach how to make the whole bunny, the pattern uh, to make the bunny, and then how to do the little felted feet and how to felt the face. Fantastic. And um, these are plain, a white, clear glass eyes that I've hand painted. And um, I, I can demonstrate that as well, because I know some people ask me how I get the eye to have such depth. Uh-huh. Nice. I can't wait for that. So it's June 17, 18, and 19th, correct? Yes. Yes. So stay tuned. Don't forget to visit CuriousMondo.com to sign up. You can watch for free the whole course. And it's super fun to interact with Michelle, asking more questions. Uh, the interview, Terry is saying, has been informative and inspiring. Thank you, Curious Mondo team, for connecting us with other artists. And thank you, Michelle, for being here today and you know, showing so much about your process and your 
creative uh, genius out there. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's, it's been quite an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I know you fell in love with her creation, so make sure that you block June 17, 18, and 19 to watch her course. Thank you again for being here and participating. You really make this podcast uh, much better because we get to talk about the things that they are really interested in, in hearing. Now, don't forget, this podcast stays wherever you're watching. You can share this with your friends and tell them about Michelle and her amazing creations. Uh, Michelle, tell us one more time where they can find you and your um, Etsy store. The easiest place to find me would be on Facebook, both as Michelle Freeman and under Eden and Friends. It's E-D-E-N. And my Etsy links are up on those pages. Yes. Okay, looking forward to see you back here next Tuesday with, other, with another amazing artist. Thank you so much. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I survived. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you obviously are a very good, a 